I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, catching up in December, and a wonderful book about female artists through history. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy. And this is episode 375, Snowflakes and Paper Cranes. I hope your December is going well, if you do hear this show in December. If not, then whenever. But for those of you listening as the month unfolds, I hope you're having a good month. I know there is a great deal of art and art journaling happening for some of you. And it is so wonderful to see, so wonderful to watch. It seems to me that in December's past, there's always been this sense that the month was just too busy to do challenges and to do group things and just kind of too busy. Everybody's got their own things going on in this month. The sense has always been that creative time was really hard to come by. It might always be hard to come by, but I've always had the sense that December was particularly tricky for a lot of people. So seeing so many people doing a major daily this December has been really interesting. It's one that I consider pretty involved. It's not fast. It's been really fascinating to watch and really beautiful to see and so much gorgeous work coming out of it. If you are not managing that kind of full-on art in December, it is okay. It is totally okay. Be kind to yourself. You are certainly not alone. It is so easy to get swept away in the feeling that everyone else is doing something and you're the only one not doing it. And even when sometimes it might look like that, just because of the circles you travel in, the more rational part of you knows that really, that's not the case. Really, it's not the case. You're not the only one. I am not doing something over the top. I am following along and watching and just enjoying what other people are doing and just quietly doing my own thing, my own small, humble daily things. That's just what I do. And that's plenty. And it's enough for me. And maybe that's true for you too. December strikes each of us differently. Of course it does. We have our traditions, our memories. For some, the month is cheerful and poignant and happy and bright. And for others, The month might be bittersweet or sad or worse. It is a month that brings up all kinds of stuff, good and bad. And a lot of times there's not a tremendous amount of level playing field. Everybody's got something different going on. And then, of course, things happen. (laughs) Things happen. Things happen. Things you may not count on, couldn't predict, might not know how to handle. Things that turn everything topsy-turvy. Sometimes things get put on hold. Sometimes things happen that throw everything into a quandary. Things happen. So it can be a challenging month. 
even as it can be a wonderful month and a magical month, it's often a month that just goes by really fast, no matter how hard you want to hold on to it or how much you wish you could have been better prepared or wished that you could really key in and make it the month that you always think you will have. So I hope you are navigating your month and that there is at least a little bit of light. I hope that whatever your traditions are, whatever your beliefs are, whatever it is that you celebrate, if anything, I hope that there is light. I don't care what color that light is. I hope there is light, white light, twinkling light, colored light, candle light, something. And I hope you do try and squeeze in a bit of creative time for you into each day. Time to draw or sketch or doodle, to paint, to collage, to draw the lines of an ornament or your chair or your cup or your pet or your child, your partner or your breakfast, your hand, a toy, stockings. Fitting in just a few minutes of drawing can be that easy. You can do a drawing that counts in 30 seconds. You can do one in 60 seconds. You can do a lot in two minutes or five or 10, but spending even the 30 seconds and seeing the lines recorded in your journal can be really satisfying. It just slows you down for just that 30 seconds, just long enough. And yet you'll feel it. You will feel the effect of that little bit of slowing down. It can be really satisfying. Most of us have the time. We really have the time, but we make choices. We make choices. And sometimes even when we want to do something, it can be hard to move from wanting to doing. So it's just a nudge. If the days are slipping past, draw your cup. Although in December, I've always been particularly fond of drawing ornaments that has been a go-to. And in some years, that has been something that has helped pull me out of my own kind of funk. I remember drawing a tiny biplane ornament. I remember drawing a favorite little golden sparkly cat and its companion black and white spotted dog. I remember drawing a glass hummingbird, the connection to my grandmother. There are robots and snowmen and a lighthouse and birds. Drawing ornaments removes the decision, the decision-making process about what to draw. Makes it easy. Just grab one. Now, yes, you have to choose which one, but you could just grab one. It can be that random. Most of our ornaments are glass and those somehow lack detail. They lack the clear edges that I like when I draw. So I probably tend to grab other kinds, some of the other ones that have more hard edges, more clear lines. But either way, there is something very nice about pulling an ornament from the tree, setting it down in front of you, and drawing its lines. You can turn it, you can draw it again if you want to take another 30 seconds. And again, if you want, you can draw it as many times as you want. It's a great way to practice perspective and angle. It's a great way just to keep your hand warm. It's a great way to practice drawing from life. They're so small that it's really easy to just draw it right in front of you, which can be very different than drawing it from a photo. I do much better from photos. So 
there's always a little bit of extra wonkiness when I draw just something sitting in front of me. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to just put it out there that way. 30 seconds, 60 seconds, done. I ran across a Pez dispenser last week. A perfect thing to draw. I love to draw toys anyway. I love to draw little toys, little things from the kids. And the Pez dispenser was great. Something that was in a box that I think it probably would have gotten thrown out if I hadn't been the one to sort that box. So I was glad that I found it. I drew it several times. I'll probably draw it several more. They didn't come out great. I feel like I really need to keep practicing to get better at being able to really translate what I see to the page. That kind of practice is so good. I folded a crane last week too. I think back to so many stories of cranes and a few years ago, I saw the hope tree, a tree decorated with thousands of paper cranes, each with a wish written on it. It was a really special thing to see, and I am hoping to see it again this year. I am sure I must have folded a crane at some point in the past. I am sure. I'm sure. I make no claims anymore for my memory because I know I've talked about a lot of these things before. I remember talking about people who fold cranes and leave them in public places, and some of them with identifiers so that when people find them, they can check in and report the finding. I so clearly remember having that conversation on the show. I remember sharing crane stories and, of course, talking about Sadako and the Thousand Paper Cranes. So last week I folded a paper crane, and yes, a little bitty thing, but it was, yes, on my list, on my 50 list. I wasn't sure how difficult it might be. Like I said, I might have tried this before. One of my kids was very into origami at one point. It's been a lot of years. But he wasn't into things like cranes. It was very different, the kinds of things that he was folding. And so I don't remember if I've done it before. I have the sense that I didn't, even though it feels like I probably did. So I'm still not sure. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. So it was on my list. And I tore out a sheet of paper from a composition book. I just made it that easy, that low key. I just tore out a piece of paper. I roughly squared it and I pulled up a video. I first looked at the image search results thinking maybe I would just follow a really simple illustrated tutorial and a video seemed like a better way to go. The video I used, super easy to follow. First try, I made a crane. I was a little surprised. And even out of composition book paper, that crane appeared and it worked. Now that I've made one, I think the image steps would be enough and I could do it again. And there was something very satisfying about having done it. There is something magical, of course, about paper cranes. There is, of course, the legend that if you fold a thousand paper cranes, your wish will come true. And it doesn't always somehow sound like that would be such an undertaking. And yet people who talk about doing it clearly, clearly is. If cranes are not your thing, then maybe you need to sit and cut out a snowflake and just let yourself sink into the simple magic of opening and unfolding your paper to reveal the snowflake. If you have kids or are spending time with kids, some of these things seem right. Folding cranes or making a snowflake. There are things you can do and you can guide 
You can guide them and you can do it with them. But if you are alone or your kids are older, I know that can feel very different. So I hope that you fight against feeling silly and you fold a crane or you make a snowflake or you even find a small jar and then consider making your own snow globe. It could be anything little that you put in it, something meaningful to you. There are so many ways that you can do that. I'll post some links in the show notes to get you started looking at different approaches and to get you inspired by the possibility and the idea. There are even some without water or without liquid. You'll have to navigate a zillion ads to look through some of these, I know, but the photos are inspiring. Maybe a popsicle stick snowflake is just what you need to do with your kids. Everybody with a cup of hot cocoa. There's so much out there, so many great ideas. It can be crazy and chaotic and overwhelming to spend time looking and yet exciting and exhilarating. And I hope that you at least sit with the cocoa or coffee or tea. I'm in a major tea groove right now. I hope you at least sit and think about snowflakes and cranes and snow globes, or maybe just sit and look at some ideas. Maybe. I am here today just briefly with a a little bit of book talk. I am clearing off my bench of books in preparation for the holidays. I know the holidays are a few weeks away still, but, 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 but my company arrives in a few days, so I need to shift gears. And I know that I'm going to need to check out most of these books again. I didn't go through them in the way I want. And some of them I'm still not quite willing to let go, even though I don't think that I will get to them. There is the sense of the year ending, even though we're only in the first week of December. My mom arrives for an extended stay and the balance of everything changes. The time changes the way I need to be present in my time And the way I need to juggle my time definitely changes and pockets of time will be very different. Good, I'm sure. Good and a new list, yes, but different. So before I take these back, the first book I want to mention is one many of you will enjoy looking at, but I especially want those of you with young readers and young artists to know about this one. This is part of a series And the title of this one is Women in Art, 50 Fearless Creatives Who Inspired the World, written and illustrated by Rachel Ignatovsky. And this is a fantastic collection, and it's beautifully done. I was really excited when I opened it up because it is really well done. Each artist is covered in a two-page, full-color spread. On one side, you have a portrait of the artist but in a very high color, whimsical, illustrative style. And incorporated into that portrait are samples of art associated with the artist. So you get a sense of that artist's work by looking at this portrait illustration. There are small notes and biographical tidbits interwoven on that portrait page, and then a quote at the bottom by the artist. And then on the facing page, you get a longer written biography, And each of these biography pages uses a color block layout that coordinates with the portrait in terms of color. And then the biographical note on that page is framed by these blocks, smaller blocks that have additional information and small illustrations as well. And the end result is a really wonderful book 
The layout is continued throughout the whole book, so you really get this consistent treatment of every artist. The end result is a wonderful book. Every page has a lot to look at and a lot to learn. This would be a sweet book to read with older kids or to read to younger kids, and then you could talk about the portraits. I think those illustrations offer lots of room for talking about the different artists and thinking about all the visual clues that the author has provided in creating these portraits. The biographies are presented chronologically based on date of birth, beginning with Guan Daosheng, a poet and painter born in 1262, and going through Maya Lin, an architect, sculptor, and designer born in 1959. And yes, you will find many of your favorites in this book and a range of mediums as well as a nice international mix. Will you find every one of your favorites? No, no, there are only 50. Come on. There are lots of inspiring female artists, but I think it's a good mix. I think you'll be enchanted by the presentation, happy to see some of your favorites and to see how she has illustrated them and to read the biographical sketches. And then also inspired to learn about many female artists that you might not have already known about. Others in this series are women in science and women in sports. The next one I want to mention is one that I enjoyed flipping through just to look at it. And I was going to just take it back. And then I thought, no, I might make a list of some of these things that I saw and just share that list with you. The book was the Year of Cozy by Adriana Adarme. It is a year-long collection organized by season and month. And this is, as you might expect by the title, a celebration of small, cozy touches. It doesn't just include food, although a lot of the things I'm going to mention are food-based. I especially enjoyed seeing the foods. If you want something to flip through as you enjoy your afternoon tea, then check this one out. A few of the things you'll find include burnt butter pear ginger crumble, marbled bowls made using nail polish, a whole section of cookies, including rye walnut lace cookies, flavored butters, suggestions like visiting a tea shop, tips for starting new habits, making friends, starting a collection, and even advocation of doing nothing at times. There is an orange thyme upside down cake, a hand painted pillow, seeded nutty banana bread, fruit sugars, baked coconut lemon donuts, blackberry walnut crumble pie. The words themselves sound cozy. There's a classic peach pie, a burnt cherry and vanilla pie, and more. Definitely one to flip through when you're in the what if or who do I want to be and how do I get there mode. And when you're thinking about your new year and how you might structure your year, how you might think about simplicity and minimalism and being cozy and self-care and balance. Adriana blogs at A Cozy Kitchen. I did a quick check and I don't think the recipes in this book, at least not all of them, are necessarily on the blog. I thought they might be, but I didn't turn up the matches for the few that I was checking on. But I bet your library has the book. So it's one to flip through. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it. As much as I had hoped for a calm and glowy December, 
it's not quite turning out that way so far. But I wanted to get this show out. It may very well be the last show of the year. So I will say that. And then anything else is just a bonus. So it may be the last show of the year. That wouldn't be what I want necessarily, but it's possible. And hindsight tells me that it's definitely probable. So I will leave a simple word today. Snowflake. Obviously, that comes straight out of the show. And that will be it. Definitely a short show. I am Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me on Instagram as oamyoamy. And you can learn more about the Patreon community at patreon.com slash creativity matters. Thank you to those of you who support the show at Patreon. Thank you too to those of you who use the Amazon link to start your searching at Amazon or any of those other methods for helping to support the show. I do keep things as simple and minimal as possible, but there are realities to how all of that works. So thank you to those of you who go out of your way to try and help support the show. Until next time, I hope you remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. I hope you have a fantastic December in whatever way that unfolds. Hope you make time for yourself that there's plenty of laughter, celebration of whimsy and light and peace and memory and family and all of those things that are so important as part of the mix for how you attend to this month. And in the middle and around all of that, I do hope you find room for your creative self. Remember, creativity matters, whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, couple of weeks, however long it may be until I am here again. 